Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. I've been getting a lot of uh, a lot of noise in my email inbox from listeners who want me to talk more about the Mariners. Mariners have been fun. It's September. They're in a race for the playoffs. Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times covers them better than anybody. You better be reading Divish if you're complaining to me about not talking enough Mariners. We're bringing him on. Divish is in Oakland with the team. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Just, you know. Living the dream uh, outside the mausoleum that is the Oakland Coliseum, you know it's like I mean I feel like uh, I'm like one of those Indiana Jones going into the Temple of Doom, just <laughs> rotted old decaying place, waiting for it to fall in, big boulder to chase me down, bunch of snakes everywhere. <laughs> I love it. The are they drawing at all at this point, or is it just is it like you can count the fans from the press box? So they said there was 4,000 last night, but there was le- probably less than two. And I would venture to guess half of them were Mariners fans from the Bay Area. And then what they're doing, too, is, like, they run the the, the playbook that the the Sonics group under Clay Bennett did in Seattle. Yeah. Like, they do nothing for the fans. They go out of their way to make things difficult for the fans. They raised season ticket prices last year knowing they were going to do this. They don't – like, here's a perfect example. The, the Uber pickup lot – for this stadium where there's nobody at is underneath an underpass over by the BART station. And that's not a place you want to be at midnight. Oh, I've been over there. So why do do they do that? Because they don't want people coming. I mean, they really don't. They want to be able to show baseball and people in the Bay area that if they do leave, look, here's what, here's what happened. Here's why we're leaving. But they go out of their way one to not provide a very good product. But then two, like any of the amenities that might make a fan, you know, say, well, you know what? It's still baseball. I still want to go watch my team. They make it difficult, and that's that's a frustrating thing for everybody involved. Ryan Divish, Seattle Times, with us. Um, Mariners did the unthinkable. They lost to the A's. Now you are sitting at a, this is a team. I think it's four and six in their last ten, but they're not in a bad position. Fifteen games to go. Magic number sitting around ten, depending on how you measure it. Is is this team going to make the playoffs, Divish, or, you know, what, what's happening here? Yeah, I'm not good at math, and I don't know that any journalist has ever been great at math. But with 15 games left, they, you know, if they went 5-10 and 10 the rest of the way, the, the Orioles would still have to win 10-5 and five to even have a chance. I mean, like, and, like, the Orioles are listed as five games back because there's no tiebreaker this year, and the Mariners own the tie. You know, there's no tiebreaking game, and the Mariners won the season series. They're technically six games back. Mm. So I mean, it, it would take it would take a colossal collapse. Um, and let's not kid ourselves. Mariners history says they're more than capable of that. But this team is good enough. The starting pitching is good enough. So they're they're not going to lose eight in a row or seven in a row. They're at least you know they haven't played well lately, and they're really dinged up in their lineup. But they're not. That, that just would be it would be monumental collapse. Hell, I'd have a lot of fun writing about it. But, like, I just don't see it happening. I, I don't – everything i kind of seen about baseball and seen from this team says that that won't happen. 
Um, but that doesn't stop Mariners fans from panicking uh, because they've been in, they've been kind of they have permanent PTSD from what this team has done to them for the last twenty some years. I'm trying to weigh like you know you want to reach the postseason playing your best baseball, but this is a lineup that has some guys in it that probably need some rest. How are the Mariners sort of approaching that, or is that what is happening right now? You know, they, they didn't as much on the previous homestand. Um, they had a lot of off days, so they're using those as days to rest, so they're playing kind of their main lineup. But then you just kind of saw some dings and dents, and guys are banged up. You know, somebody like Julio Rodriguez has never played this many games in his life and this deep into the fall in one season, you know, he gets a sore back. And, and you know, they, they're trying to rest them. They have the expanded rosters. They just made some roster moves today to kind of offset that. But, yeah, they're trying to steal a game here, get a DH day there, and, and try and avoid it. But it's like the fluke things. Like, Eugenio Suarez has been one of their best hitters in the last since August 1st. He's going to make a routine play on a ground ball. It takes a bad hop, hits him right in the finger, and it breaks his finger. Like, you can't prevent that, you know. You can't hide from that. It's just funny how it is. It's like same thing like in football or basketball. A non-contact knee injury is going to happen at some point. You can't avoid it. You know, that's just the way it is, and it's not anybody's fault. And so they're trying to protect some guys, but, yeah, you're right. they got to play better than they have because it has been pretty stinky lately. Robbie Ray, scheduled starter today, George Kirby tomorrow for the Mariners. You mentioned the pitching. What do they need out of these guys at this point of the season? And you, you, you would like to see those guys, that rotation, get a little bit of rest. Will they be able to do that if, if they don't play better in the next five or six games? No, I don't think they will, and that's the point. Yeah, you'd like to see maybe the last day of the season you're doing a bullpen start or you call up a guy from AAA and have him start the last day of the season and rest your guys. But, you know, there is, you know, with each day it's more difficult, but there is a chance that they could, you know, win that first wild card spot and get three home games at T-Mobile Park, and that it matters to them. It really does matter. They want that. They feel like they have an advantage at home. They feel like their fans have earned that. So maybe they do do that. I, I I tweeted out like a what with the way their current rotation is set up. Luis Castillo would start the uh, first day, the first wild card game, but like they could manipulate it with the off day on Monday, so where he would start the last day of the season. If that meant like you know, if you win this, you're going to host. Because um, I think the biggest one of the Mariners' biggest issues is like you know they get into this wild card wild card series. They end the drought from 21 years, but they don't get a home game. What happens if you lose that series? You know, does it even feel like you made the playoffs because you don't have a game at home? The reward for your fans isn't there. Um, and, and they believe that that home field matters to them. So I don't know. I, I do know. I talked with Jerry DePoto about it a little bit, you know, and they're going to try and get that number one seed within reason. And maybe they manipulate it. Maybe they don't. But I think he also feels comfortable that their first four starters, whoever lands on that day, gives them a good chance to win that final game. And, and that will matter, you know, that they aren't going to have to. It's not like in past years or you've seen some teams where they just have two horses and you try and manipulate everything you can so those guys are pitching the most meaningful games at all times. The Mariners are really comfortable with their first four guys. But at the same time, you went out and traded four guys for Luis Castillo. And the idea of not having him pitch in a wild card series, you know, that, that doesn't seem great either. Ryan Divish, Seattle Times with us. Give me an idea from, you know, your standpoint. You've covered this franchise for a while, and 
you are now on the cusp of breaking your streak. Like you, Ryan Divish could get into the postseason. Uh, has it been more fun? Has it been more work? Has it been different? What's it been like? Yeah, it's been interesting to say the least. Uh, I think last year, you know, they've been close late in the season to the point where you know you look, you know, I'm sure you got Marriott status up the wazoo. You 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 book the hotels out early because you, yeah. you prepare for it. So I've got hotels in Cleveland, Minnesota, Tampa, you know, every possibility. Um, and we did that last year even. But this year is different because, like, we're expecting it. Like, we, you know, me and Larry Stone and Adam Jude, who's helping me out now, they moved to Seahawks to help me out, which is great. Uh, he's pretty good at base, writing baseball. And then even Bob Condota, our resident, resident historian, we just – we went to a bar one night after the game. We started BSing about what we thought we needed to write about come the postseason. And, you know, he started writing it down on a bar napkin, and I grabbed a notebook, and all of a sudden we had, you know, 20 stories, five for our uh, special section preview when they get in and everything like that. So that's, that's certainly different. Uh, fans are, are really intense about this. I, I was joking that Mariners fans are fatalists when they're losing, you know, the losing seasons. and somewhat entertaining but now they're just on edge right now these last few weeks and uh, one of the guys was like yeah they're worse when they win than when they lose and I said, well, that's, <laughs> the losing's a learned behavior you know yeah. so uh, but i mean like that's the thing it it's really grips the city like you know it's every day you know you, you get up and they want to know every little detail and you got to remind them hey like we don't get media availability until like three in the afternoon so it is cool for our paper and for the people in Seattle. Like, you know, I'm not a fan. It doesn't matter to me. Like, I would joke once. At least I knew what I could do in October. I could always schedule October out because they never made it. Um, but, but at the same time, I have a lot of friends that are diehard Mariners fans that have lived and died with this team. You know, I have friends in the organization that that really care, and they're not part of the decisions that have made them inept, but they really care about this product. And you know. And they have a lot of pride in it. So to see how excited they are about the possibility is really cool. And, I mean, it really has come at a good time in Seattle with the Seahawks being bad that this Mariners team has kind of filled that void. I, I think about, you know, Blazer fans a little bit because they, you know, they've gone through some some tough times. But, you know, Mariners' streak of, you know, not getting to the postseason or, maybe, you know, just kind of playing games and not feeling like they had a chance, like I really feel for the fan base. Is there a player or two on the roster that you would be happy for? I know it's a weird question for a journalist, but is there a guy that you go, you know, for this guy to get a taste of the postseason? Yeah, um, and like really this year going into it, I'm I'm crushed for, for Felix Hernandez and Kyle Seeger. You know, they got paid a lot of money by the organization, but the organization never really did much to help them win. They didn't commit. Maybe the past ownership group never really committed the way they should have. Um, and so I feel pain for them because they, you know, their careers are done. They never played in the postseason. I'm very happy for Mitch Hanniger, a guy who's been here since the longest-tenured guy, which is funny, it's 2017, him and Marco Gonzalez are the longest-tenured guys. But, you know, those are guys that have been through. You know, they were asked to be leaders when they brought up all these kids and and be leaders and teach them how to be big leaguers and all this stuff. And I'm happy for them probably the most. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's the support staff and stuff. But, like, yeah, those two especially, because they've owned it. Like, for a while there, Jerry DePoto and Scott Service, they didn't want to talk about the streak. And they, you know, well, we didn't – this isn't our fault, you know, or we inherited it, but this isn't on us. 
Whereas like Mitch Hanniger and Marco Gonzalez, that, you know, on our season preview. So you put on the jersey, it's yours. You own it. You figure out a way to break it. You know, and and these guys were never afraid to talk about it, and never afraid to say that was their goal. Whereas like ownership always talks about these, you know, ten thousand foot goals that you're looking at. Oh, well, it's just about improvement. You know, fans don't care about improvement. They care about tangible results. And yeah, I think the players understood it more than the the, the ownership did. And I kind of feel like, to that point, Ryan, tell me if I'm crazy, but wouldn't it be important for the Mariners to, you know, win three in a row here to try to take some pressure off, you know, because what I fear is, you know, five games to go, they have to win three. That becomes, uh, you know, 20 years of pressure instead of just five games. No, you're right, and that happened last year. You know, they they had the kind of the miracle run to put themselves in it. They go to Homestown, they got basically win them all. And I think they lost the first one, or they lost the second one, and then it puts even weirder pressure. So, no, they need to just play better. I mean, like, that's a thing. And you try and tell people, um, and, John, you play baseball, you know this, but, like, one play, one pitcher, one at bat can change a game. It doesn't matter if the other guys aren't, you know, it doesn't matter what the records are. It's up here. Everybody's good, you know. Everybody here is the best player they've ever played with before in their lives, you know, growing up. So uh, one player, one pitcher, one something can change the outcome of a game. That's why they have that whole mantra, every team wins 60 and every team loses 60 and then the other 42 decide it. Well, you know, maybe last night's loss is the other 60, the loss is 60, but you hope it's not one of the 42 that decides your fate. So that's kind of what I look at is like, yeah, they just have to play better. If they play up to their capabilities, they're fine. They're they're a good team. They don't, you know, they're not they're not world beaters in terms of offense, but they pitch, they play defense, and those are consistencies that they have to have. Last night, the pitching let them down, and that was a problem. Ryan Divish, Seattle Times. Hey, thank you for joining us. Have a crown royal on us, and uh, oh, yeah. make sh- make sure that you are hydrated and rested for uh, what should be a fun fun uh, final fifteen in the postseason for you. Yeah, let me know anytime, guys. All right, Ryan, thank you, man. There's Ryan Divish, friend of this show, Seattle Times. He's a great follow on Twitter. Read him in the Seattle Times. Mariners, make it a run. Uh, If you're a Mariner fan out there, you remember 2001. This is not that team. This is not a, you know, 100-plus win team. This is a team trying to get to 90 and get into the postseason and be a wild card and host a game. Uh, interesting run. They got the Mariners A's tonight, 640 first pitch. Tomorrow, 1235 is the first pitch in Oakland. And it doesn't uh, stop. They'll go right to Kansas City, and they won't get an off day until Monday between uh, the Royals and the Rangers series. But the Mariners trying to lock this up. And and the good thing, the fortunate thing for them is, you know, of their 15, five of those come against the A's. But the problem is the A's beat them yesterday, four to one. Not a uh, not a great performance. I want you to leave it here. You got the BFT. Back to the bald faced truth with John Canzano on seven fifty. The game. Man, I heard that commercial for Rayflex in the last uh, in the last uh, commercial break, and I got to be honest with you, um, 
I, I was talking to Stephen before the show. You played basketball, right, Stephen? That was your game. I did, yeah. You had, uh, you had now, no knee issues for you? No. Any kind of physical ailments from playing sports overuse, anything like that? Uh, yeah, I hurt my hip really bad when I was younger, um, and then my ankle and my left ankle, uh, it's degenerative, so it's bone-on-bone uh, bone just rubbing together, so that's uh, never a good sign. Okay, so you know that pain, and yes. I had that in the knees, and I, I had always... I was that kid growing up, like, you know, we talked today about overuse injuries and everything, and, you know, even our our uh, our kid's primary care physician, uh, the pediatrician, that's the word I was looking for, uh, said, you know, there's, he's seeing, in, you know, overuse injuries in, in kids. And I was that kid growing up. Like, I played everything all the time. I talk about junior high. I played 11 sports in junior high. Play, they offered 11 sports at my school. I played every sport. I wrestled, I ran track, I did cross country, I did baseball, I did basketball. I if they if they offered it, I was there. And I look back and I realize like when I got to college and I was playing baseball in college, my knees bothered me. Like they there was there was always kind of some swelling in the joint. And so I always thought like maybe this is this is just normal cuz I had gotten used to it and it really wasn't that painful when I was in my early 20s. But later I realized I would pay a tax, and uh, I ended up with three knee surgeries. I ruptured both patellar tendons. I, you know, the last one came uh, when the first one came when I was playing basketball. Ruptured the tendon. A uh, bunch of kids made Greg Oden jokes, so I was laying there waiting for the uh, ambulance to come take me. And when you rupture a tendon like that, you cannot get up. My kneecap was like mid thigh. It was pretty devastating. Uh, then I healed from that surgery. I go and I rupture the other tendon. Then I had a microfracture surgery. And people who have long-time listeners of the show know I was pretty much a mess. Like, I was gritting through it. I could run, but it was painful. I'd be sitting on the couch watching TV or whatever, and I'd be in pain. I was like, gosh, this is going to suck when I'm like 80 or 90 if I get there. Like, it, it's just kind of this is the new normal. And then my kid, my oldest daughter, was playing volleyball. And her volleyball coach is a former Portland State volleyball player, Tressa. And her volleyball coach is married to a hockey player. And they were at practice, and there was no parents around. And I said, hey, I'll shag balls or whatever. And so I was running over there, and I was shagging balls. And I was really hobbling. But I was used to it, and I didn't know what it looked like. And I looked up, and Tressa was looking at me like jaw dropped, like, are you really in that much pain? like jogging after a volleyball and it was because you know i was on a hard gym surface i'm trying to jog after a volleyball and i was like you i was like bone on bone cartilage gone plus uh the, with three knee surgeries once you have a surgery you people know this that you know you, the physical therapy afterward is really important because if you don't recover right like you lose some muscle tone or maybe you're compensating just puts a tremendous amount of pressure on the joint so i was hobbling around and she she says hey you need to come into my work. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about coming to your work? Like, this is just, I've had surgeries. Like, she goes, no, 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 I work at Reflex. And that's how I met Reflex. For people who have heard about it on the show over the years, Tressa brought me in. She was just the office manager at Reflex. And she said, come get an appointment. We're doing some cool stuff. And they did PRP on both knees. Platelet-rich plasma therapy. Game changer. Like, felt better and got better. And then... They said, okay, you want, to, uh, you want to try some stem cell treatment? And I was like, tell me about stem cell treatment. 
and they literally take um, your own stem cells. And what Dr. Riggs and the team at Reflex do is they mix it with the PRP. They uh, put it in a centrifuge and they rotate it and they separate all the platelet-rich plasma from the platelet-poor plasma. And then they put your stem cells in it. And then they inject it back into your, into your joint. And he uses imaging to do it. And you're literally watching it happen. It's amazing. And... And I got to be honest, like, I was skeptical at first. I was like, stem cell, you know, I've heard all of this. What is it? You know, is it? I've heard NBA players get it or NFL players get it. Didn't know it was available to regular people. Um, and I felt about two months later, I felt a lot better. And then three months later, I was even better. And then it got better and better and better. And it got to the point where um, there was one day I was in the parking lot of our church and I, I'll never forget this. I was holding, I think it was our youngest daughter or middle daughter. She was still a toddler. And I was holding her. And we all know this feeling as a parent. And I wanted to kind of, it started to rain. And I wanted to kind of hustle across the parking lot. And I remember thinking, this is going to hurt. As I went to step off the curb to kind of break into a, a, a parent jog, like a slow jog while you're holding your kid. And I took the first step and expected it to hurt and it didn't. And I took another step and another step. And then later, Anna said to me, she said, you know what? You haven't complained about your knees. And I was like, they don't hurt anymore. And it was then, like, I really, and I told Dr. Riggs, I literally sent him an email. And I was like, hey, I feel great. Like, I, I don't know what you did, but I, like, you, it was a game changer. It was the stem cell treatment. It was the PRP. It was all that advanced cellular therapy. So I'm, I'm as a public service, if you are, if you have knee pain, if you have joint pain, and you're like, this is debilitating, or this really sucks, or this is getting worse, if you, are, if you haven't already had a surgery, I wish somebody would have got to me in my 20s and said, hey, there are some treatments available to reduce the inflammation in the joint, whatever, because I don't think I would have ruptured the, the, the tendons had I got that therapy. And I certainly would have liked to have that instead of a surgery. But... If, if you've had a surgery, like I did, I had three, I was in pain, and I just thought, this is how it's going to be. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't have to be that way. So uh, here's the easy solution because people are going to blow me up. Go to reflexknees.com. That's the website, reflexknees.com, and Dr. Riggs will take care of you. Tell him I sent, sent you in. He does a fantastic job. He's got a great team there. But if it were not for that volleyball coach – I would still be hobbling around. And now I can run. I'm pain-free. I'm good. We could play some three-on-three -three basketball or whatnot. I want you to leave it here. Coming up, I want to talk about the crying shame that is going on this weekend in our state. Yeah, there's a crying shame that is happening. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.